Okay, good morning, every, good morning. Good afternoon, everybody. See, we're pitching extremes. It's right in the middle of the day. Exactly where we want. <laughs> okay, um, good noon, everybody. So, so the, the, uh, we were in the middle of what, uh, what is here in the Sefer Ayamuna Ashir Yadalid. We, we, we wandered into the Ikar Hashavi, the seventh Ikar of the Rambam, which is the, the Nevuas Moshe Rabbeinu. And, um, and uh, the Rambam uses a phrase, that Moshe Rabbeinu was Avla Nevi'im. He was the father, the prototype for all Nevi'im, for those who come before him, those who buy him Achrov. We know, and again, as we discussed last time, usually the discussion about Nevuas Moshe Rabbeinu you know, centers around the idea of quality. The quality of Moshe Rabbeinu's prophecy surpassed that of anybody else. Moshe Rabbeinu, histakil bas baklarya hameira, he gazed in his prophecy with a clear, clear vision through, a, as if it was through a clear prism, as to other others who look through a cloudy prism. And that's why Nevuas Moshe Rabbeinu could be Torah, and everybody else can't be the Torah, can't be the Nitzchias, can't be the eternity which, uh, which we call Torah. That's the general view. What we saw last week was a, a significant uh, complementary perspective on Moshe Rabbeinu being Avla Nevi'im. Not being the greatest of Nevi'im, but being the standard-bearing Nevi'im. <laughs> and what we talked about, what Moshe thought about, was the idea that Nevi'im were really just there to make sure that the Jewish people were adhering to the standard. The Nevi'im are mochichim. They are ones who provide rebuke. And rebuke, teichacha, the ultimate teichacha, is not teaching somebody something new. When you teach somebody something that they didn't know, you're not rebuking them. When you're holding them to a standard that they know, that they're familiar with, that they themselves try to adhere to in other areas, that's the rebuke. If you remember the insight which he shared, which was very, very which we which I sh- we shared from him last week, which was beautiful, which was when Yosef Hatzadik, famously, the, that's the great moment of Teichacha, when Yosef said, "Ani Yosef I'm Yosef, and my father's still alive." And Chazal say, when the pasuk says the brothers couldn't respond because they were nivhalumi panav, they were just completely overwhelmed, confused in front of him. And Chazal say, Woe to us from the day of judgment. Woe to us from the day of of rebuke. And uh, there's the famous idea of the Beis HaLevi. What do you mean? He didn't say anything. He didn't rebuke them. What did he say? But so the Beis HaLevi says the rebuke was that here you are, you're telling me we can't go back without Binyamin. It'll kill our father. He's so attached to him. So says Yosef, and how about when it was me? My father was very, very attached to me. Our father was very attached to me. When you separated me from him, you didn't worry about the ramifications? You didn't worry about the consequences? Did he survive that? That was the teichacha. Said Ramesha, just one step further, that's defining teichacha. Teichacha is, you know that this is a value. You recognize the value. It's not like I have to teach you that it's not a healthy thing to remove a person from their father. You just told me that that value is guiding your behavior right now. So where was it 22 years ago? Why doesn't that value stand consistent within you? The greatest teichacha for a person is when you hold up them, themselves to a mirror, to a mirror of standards which they believe in. The example she gave, a person is very, very casual. 
They're very casual. They leave their car doors unlocked and they do everything else. So, you know, if that person, you know, is also casual and, you know, Mrs. Mantfila or something like that, okay, you know, they, they let their insurance lapse, they leave their windows open, they do everything else, and they're the same. So then you could say, okay, look, you know, the guy maybe needs to learn something else. But a person who makes sure that their everything is perfect, that their everything is perfectly clean, and everything is buttoned up, and all the bills are paid, and all the I's are dotted, and all the T's are crossed. But when it comes to tefillah or mitzvahs or something like that, they're completely casual, then we say to them, hey, one second, look at you. When it's something that you value, you're particular about it, that's teichacha. Teichacha is holding up the person to their own standard. The Nevi'im have the job of being mechichim. To what? To what? The Nevi'im don't teach anything new, said Ramayisha. What the Nevi'im did was they held up the mirror. The Nevi'im taught us there's a standard that Moshe Rabbeinu established in the Torah, and it's our job to help you to live your lives, as a community and as individual, and individuals according to that standard. Your behavior has to match. That's the role of the Navi. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu has to be the Av the Navim. He's the original Navi because if there's no standard, there's no encouragement of adhering to anything. Moshe Rabbeinu established the standard that the Navim then go to. So that was one aspect that he taught that we discussed last week of, of La Navim. This particular shear is, has in it a few very significant principles, a few difficult, difficult important yesodos, and we'll try to share at least one more step, if we can, two, but probably just one. Another aspect of Moshe Rabbeinu, Avil and Neviim. So the Neviim are there to be machziras b'tshuva, to bring us back. To bring us back b'tshuva. Now, are we necessarily coming back b'tshuva? To what are we coming back to? To what are we coming back? Tshuva implies a return to a previous situation. And we always, you know, this is a question which the world asks. What's tshuva? Right? In the world, if you go to Barnes & Noble, to the tshuva section, what is it called? It's called self-improvement, right? which is a great word. It's a great term to try to make yourself better. You would call it return? You'd call it return? You know, if you were, if you were, uh, you know... Uh, <coughs> if you were Tiger Woods and you were on top of your game and then for all kinds of reasons you slipped, so then you're not improving. You're trying to get back to where you were before. But a person who was never there, why would you call it tshuva? What's the concept of tshuva? So I think that many of us are familiar with how this issue is generally approached. And that is where we understand that at the core, our belief may be very different than other faith communities. Our belief is, Neshama Shanasata Bitahirahi. HaKadosh Baruch Hu put in us a Neshama, which is divine, which is pure, which is really the essential core of every human being. But we understand that sometimes we get confused and things layer themselves upon us that get us to do what at the core we don't really want. There's a famous Rambam that articulates this principle, famous Rambam in the second parak of Hilchais Gerushin, where the Rambam speaks about the idea of kaifen aisei achayema reitzani, where there in certain halachic areas we speak about an idea of forcing a person 
until they say, I want to do it. Halacha of something, whether it's korbanis, whether it's the granting of a get, which has to be done voluntarily. Midato, the person has to do it voluntarily. But hey, we have ways of making it voluntarily, right? We have ways of doing it. We're going to force the person, we'll, we'll, we'll compel them until they say they want to do it. So the question is, how does that work? Come on, it's not voluntary. It's involuntary. You force the person just because they said they want it. So the Rambam says famously, it's really, the Rambam articulates very beautifully, it's already, for the far is already found in the Gemara, but the, 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 the Rambam brings it out, and he says, no, 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 you have to understand. Why are we forcing him to do it? Because min hadin, midin Torah, he's mechuyiv to do it. When he said he didn't want to do it, that's not his real core. His real ratzon, the real ratzon of every such person is to do what the Torah wants him to do. What happened? What happened was he had other yitzarim. He had an anger issue. He had a desire for, for money, for payments, or you know, whatever it is. And those desires layered themselves over the core desire of the person to do the right thing. So what we're doing is we're trying to fight on the surface. On the surface, this person got this confusing desire. We're trying to disincentivize him. We're trying to take away that, you know, that desire that's there on the surface. So we say, hey, you know, you enjoy your front teeth. If you enjoy your front teeth, so then maybe you'll 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 do this. Suddenly, that desire for money or that desire for revenge or whatever else just seems less appealing and. That fades, and now the core desire of the person can come back and can come to the fore. So that's a huge principle. And that's a way to define tshuva as tshuva, meaning that everybody wanted to, wants to do the right thing. At the core, what happens is we got lost. We get lost. So tshuva is to get back to the essence of the person. That's the old shmuz. That's the, that's the way of thinking. And it's a very, very important way to view things. It's a whole way that you view people. We, we, we throw around this idea of the pintalayid. What's the idea of the pintalayid? It really is deep down, the person's really connected you know, to the truth, to tyrant, you know, you know, you know and, and so on and so forth. That idea, true belief in the pintalayid, says that you're able to look at everything else that's there, that's presenting itself, that's very not beseder, as being confusion and not the core. And when you, you view somebody as being good, good, good at the core, just somehow imprisoned and confused and distracted by other things, it's a fundamentally different view than a person who you say, how am I going to be able to get them? How am I going to be able to, you know, it's a whole different, it's a whole different perspective. Chazal tell us that there was a moment when the Neshamos of the Jewish people had that factory set, had that factory setting. You could say that all of humankind had it at the moment of creation in Gan Eden. But Klal Yisrael had a Gan Eden experience. And that Gan Eden experience, which is what we re- read about, we read about in Parshas Yisrael, in Parshas Mishpatim, was the moment of Matan Torah. The moment of Matan Torah, Chazal say, the Gemara says in Mesech Shabbos, Poska Zuamosan. Whatever got stuck in and layered into the human heart and soul and mind and psyche 
when we sinned with the Eitz Hadas and we chose desire over the divine will, Har Sinai, the Sinai experience, erased that. And human beings became again, at the core, divine angels. We said Nasev Nishma, which is the formula of angels, which says, we want nothing but the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have no red lines when it comes to the Rabbanu Shalom. And that's why we were able to see Hashem, like Maish Rabbeinu Hashem. We, saw, we all saw it at Har Sinai. We return to immortality, the immortality of Kaidem Achet, as a result of Har Sinai. Har Sinai was a moment when that essence of the Jewish people was again given the ability to be there, to be at the essence. And when we say, Hashivenu Ovinu secha, return us, our Father, to your Torah. It's not just that we're saying, you know, Rabban Shalom, we've strayed from performing the mitzvahs of the Torah, bring us back to there. But the way Rabbi Meisha said it was, Hashivenu Ovinu secha, as we're asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu, bring us back to that moment. We wandered again. Just like, Meisha, like Adam Arishain wandered and got chased out of Gan Eden. Migurash, banished from Gan Eden, because, hey, this isn't your place. And something stood in the way. Something stood in the way. The angel stood there stopping him from getting back there. Well, we don't have that. Now we were back in Gan Eden. We strayed again. So we lost it. We lost it. And to say it a drop deeper, to the extent to which a person remains mekushar, connected to Torah, connected to the voice of the Torah that came at Har Sinai, which we see, and halacha dictates to us we should see, as the continued voice of Har Sinai that we hear every time we study the Torah, thousands of years later, still there at Har Sinai, to that extent, the person is completely removed from Chet. It's only to the extent that we're removed from Har Sinai, that we're removed from that Torah being, the, the breathing, pulsating essence of who we are, that chet, that's the crack into which Chet falls, which Chet finds its way through, where wrong finds itself. If all of the Nevi'im are there, to bring us back b'tshuva. It's not just to the standard of the word that Moshe Rabbeinu gave over. That was level one. Level one was, you have to adhere to a standard. What's the standard? Here, I'll show it to you. Right? Section 14, paragraph 3a. Where did you get section 14, paragraph 3a? We got it from Moshe Rabbeinu. That's holding to the standard of the word. That's adherence to the word that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us. But tshuva is more than adherence to the word. Tshuva is a restoration of the person, restoration of character, a restoration of where the person is. And Moshe Rabbeinu was the person who brought us around Har Sinai. Moshe Rabbeinu was the person who brought down the invitation for HaKadosh Baruch Hu of Har Sinai and brought back up the response of the Jewish people. Asher tzivisai sonu b'chayrev. Har Sinai, even, even when Kal Yisrael said, no, Moshe Rabbeinu, we don't want to hear from you, we want to hear directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But Moshe Rabbeinu was still the Shavchan. Moshe Rabbeinu was still the one who brought that message back and forth, who made it happen. So Moshe Rabbeinu was the Avlin Avim, because if every Novi has as the task to get us back 
as we would say in 21st century America, to our better self, where was our better self? Where did it exist? It existed at Har Sinai. And you and I were at Har Sinai. That's what Chazal will tell us over and over again. We stood at Har Sinai. Ah, Sarnasham is a part of whatever, however you want to understand how that worked. But we stood at Har Sinai. And at Har Sinai, with the help of Maish Rabbeinu, we were pristine. We were so, so completely connected. And so tshuva is to that connection. And that's why the Mishnah speaks about the baskel, the heavenly voice, the echo that emanates from Har Chorev every single day and says, woe to the creatures. From the neglect of the Torah. Because Har Sinai was that moment. Har Sinai was that time. And we say, oh my gosh, we were so connected. What happened? What happened? It's that voice. And that's the second prong of Avlan Avim. That's the second prong of Avlan Avim. On the one hand, Moshe Rabbeinu came and gave us the words that all the Nevi'im instruct us to adhere to. On the second level, Moshe Rabbeinu took us to the place that all of the Nevi'im are trying to bring us back to, to restore us to. Yet Hashem will continue next time with another problem.